0: So, as I was saying, what was I saying, Desi? Do you remember?
1: Some stuff. Well, I don't yeah. know why I came here tonight. I got a the feeling
0: that something right. No, it I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. I am. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left me jokers to the right here i
1: am stuck in the middle with you yep yes i'm stuck in the middle
0: with from pacifica radio in los angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 fm in la 98.7 in santa barbara 93.7 in san diego 99.5 in ridgecrest and china lake california also in California, on in Red Bluff and Redding, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon, on the Central Coast, on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Grand Rapids WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internet on the progressive voices channel netroots radio indie media weekly fyi nation nicole sandler.com i've heard of her radio free brooklyn workforce rising deprogrammed radio and detour talk blanketing planet earth five days a week whether i'm here or not I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from Bradblog.com, back here in the anchor chair with the delightful and lovely and trusty Desi Doyen <laughs> yes, at my side. I am here. Are you here? Uh, I am in, I am. One, in one piece. <laughs> all right. Well, we are all back. Uh We were, uh, as I was saying, as I was saying, we were, yes, called out in the middle of the night about a month ago uh, to drive to Phoenix overnight. We arrived there at dawn uh, after I received a call from my mom that uh, my father had suffered a major brain hemorrhage. And I know that Nicole Sandler, who's been filling in for us over the past month or so, has uh, given you some of the details on all of this. Uh, but I just want to fill you in for those who wonder where the hell we were for the past month. I'm still sort of wondering that now, to be frank. Uh, the uh, next two weeks, once we arrived in uh, in Phoenix, were agonizing. And uh, with my dad and my otherwise incredibly healthy father, uh, he was 80 years old, but he was very healthy, had played uh, 18 holes of golf earlier that day before he was struck at night with this, uh, with this stroke, this brain hemorrhage. Uh, and so the uh, following two weeks after we arrived there were just simply agonizing. And I, I want to discuss something that we learned that may be useful to you and or your loved ones if we can learn anything from this tragedy that might help others out there. Uh, I think my uh, dad would be happy about that. And don't worry, we're going to get to politics, back to politics soon enough. Um, but my father ultimately did not make it, as you've likely heard from Nicole, uh, who with Angie Coyro help, uh, helping out here and there filled in over this past month for us on the broadcast, and I cannot thank them enough, especially Nicole, who did most of the heavy lifting. Uh, so uh, to to thank her, Desi, I'm going to make her join me here on this show <laughs> in just a few minutes uh, to talk about what we may have missed over the past month. Isn't that nice of me?
1: Yes. <laughs> um,
0: I'm sure there wasn't much that happened, though, so I uh, we should be able to do that quickly. Um, but I feel like I, this week I may need to wade back in slowly as I get my bearings again. So uh, thank you all in advance for tolerating that, for your patience. Uh, but I also want to thank you all... Uh, our, all of our listeners and our affiliate stations out there for sticking with us during our unplanned, completely unplanned uh, absence over the past month. Not at a good time, but I suspect there were really, during the Trump era, there really is no good time that for something true. like this to happen. Uh, and to thank you for all of the kind words and notes of support uh, from so many of you over the past month. It really has meant a lot to both Desi and me, and has uh, has kept us going over some uh, some pretty rough weeks. Um, you can learn more about my dad, who made a number of uh, guest appearances actually uh, over the years at bradblog.com. dot uh, He some articles that he wrote, uh, stories that were that you know, troublemaking and muckraking. Came uh, that I do, came from somewhere, and in no small part, I think it was from my father. I would agree. Uh, who was uh, making, a very mischievous person, yes. Uh, but also doing things like making sure that the state of Missouri, some years ago, which he writes about at bradblog.com, did not choose the terrible Diebold company as their voting system vendor way back when. Uh, after he learned about them from me, uh, he also made sure that poll workers. Uh, in his county, in St. Louis County, Missouri, did not force voters like him to show a photo ID, even while it was in violation of the law, to require that of voters. Yes, Dad had a photo ID, but he refused to show it to them and uh, would not leave until they let him vote anyway on a normal ballot. So, yeah, uh we, I guess I learned the hell raising from somewhere or maybe he <laughs> learned a little bit from us here. He was a regular listener to the Bradcast. Uh, so I guess we lost one listener over the past month. Uh, that was dad, but hopefully not too many more. Anyway, I, you can find out more about my dad at at bradblog dot com. I've got a story there where I link to some of those stories involving him and to his obit. And I share my remarks uh, at his funeral uh, there as well which I think uh, tell us a lot about my father, if you read those remarks. So you can find that at bradblog.com. But one point that I wanted to get out to listeners, because I think it may be, I think it may help some of you avoid some of the agony that we faced at the end of dad's life. Uh, my father was a very funny guy. He was He was also a very organized guy. Uh, he worked hard to make things as easy as possible, For my mom in the event of his death, even though he was in excellent health when he did that, he created a document called Instructions to Lydia Upon My Death, which included things like passwords to all of his accounts and his, you know, account numbers, how to pay various bills and so forth. Uh, Of course, the one password he did not include was the one that we needed the most for a start. That was the Wi-Fi password at his home. But we eventually got through that as well. Uh, But his instructions ended, his instructions uh, upon my death, ended with, call me if you have any questions. (laughs) I mentioned that at his uh, funeral and uh, got a lot of laughs, which I think he would have liked. Uh, And I heard from a lot of folks afterwards who said, yeah, my husband or my wife, she pays all the bills, but I have no idea what all the passwords are, etc., Uh, And so maybe my dad was helpful in making people think about that now now is a good time to write down instructions to your significant other
1: to your loved ones on what to do should you pass away suddenly and and something that's very organized that has all of the accounts all of the account numbers and all of the passwords not in code because then your loved ones have to try to decode your secret hints to yourself and it's not very easy to do surprisingly yeah and
0: including the the Wi-Fi passcode you might want to put that one down as well, <laughs> just to make things easy. These are kind of mundane things, but, but they're they really helpful after you lose someone. So that was one point that I wanted to get out there that I think can be helpful. But more importantly, of, of greater import, I think, as organized as my father was, the one thing that none of us, my mother, my sister, etc., none of us were prepared for, were the questions that we faced during those two and a half weeks when we were not sure if he would live or die, when he was hanging on, sometimes seemingly by a thread. Other days he seemed to be doing much better, never fully uh, regaining consciousness after that day uh, that he was struck. But the question was how much should be done to keep him alive based on. Well, questions about how well he would be if he was kept alive and if he was able to uh, go through rehab and and so forth.
1: How does one define quality of life? And that is the question that we were confronted with because he wasn't there to tell us what he would be willing to do or what he would want to do at this stage of his life at the age of 80.
0: And my mother and him, or at least according to mom, uh, says that, you know, they talked about this quite a bit. And, you know, they were very clear with each other. We don't want to live on life support, you know, on a ventilator or feeding tube for the rest of our lives.
1: That's the easy part of the living wills. Everybody pretty much says that. I don't want to be on 24-7 life support. But it's the gray area in between where you have questions about how long and how much if it's not going to be a permanent thing.
0: And that was the difficult part because I talked to a lot of folks there uh, you know in their community in the um, uh, even at, at the ICU at Mayo Clinic in Phoenix where he was getting the finest treatment. Uh, I can't imagine anyone g- you know gets better treatment so we were very lucky there. but all even the folks up there said, yeah, people think they've made these decisions about end of life that oh I you know I don't want to be on life support and it, it, these black or white decisions, but they are not black or white decisions. they are gray decisions. My parents, you know, were clear with each other that they didn't want to be on life support for the rest of their lives. But how about if you need to be on life support for a month or six months or six months and
1: and then therapy after that in order to rehabilitate. Aggressive therapy. And that is a thing that we discovered changes depending on how old you are. A 50-year-old might have a different response than an 80-year-old to this kind Uh, of intervention.
0: And an 80-year-old in good health, as the doctors you know, well, as my dad was, and the doctors looked at his brain scan and said he had the brain of a 60-year-old, and so they were more willing to take more aggressive treatments. But it it was agonizing. It was confusing as hell. Uh, sometimes uh, people in our family, uh, you know, had different uh, differences of opinions about what procedures we should do or should not do. And by the way, my family, we all get along pretty well for the most part. I can't. Im- and it's a pretty small family, a larger family uh, with stronger personalities. I can't imagine the hell that would have happened. It was hell for us, and we're, you know, small and get along, but not knowing. So, uh, you know, there are those gray areas, and there are ways, uh, I was uh, told that uh, by the folks at Mayo who said, yeah, people come in here, they think they have this figured out, but they don't. Because it's not just a black or white issue. There are all sorts of gray areas, and almost nobody seems to uh, be prepared for that. So they gave me a couple of booklets, and I want to give you sort of these uh, website addresses that you might want to write down, because there are some, um, and, and these aren't necessarily the definitive ones, but I think that these will be helpful to get you pointed in the right direction, because your kids will really appreciate it. <laughs> if if uh, you know they hear from you with sort of a roadmap that these uh, documents one is a document called uh, Five Wishes. It comes from uh, what's this? Agingwithdignity.org. Agingwithdignity.org. You can also call them at eight 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 Five 5 wishes And basically, uh, it asks a whole bunch of questions about what your wishes would be above and beyond. Do you want to be held, uh, you know, kept alive on life support or not?
1: It helps get that conversation started.
0: And that's what most people seem to know. Oh, I don't want to spend my life on uh, on life support. The questions here are much larger and much more difficult than that Yeah, when something like this actually happens, at least in many cases. Not in every case, but at least in this case. So, you know, questions about how much life support you might want and for how long. If the doctor says, well, if you go through this for three or four months— you can walk again or you can live, and but you'll be in a wheelchair. Does that make a difference? Things like that. So, uh, and, and when I spoke with a lot of mom's friends, they also thought they had this figured out until I raised these points. And they're like, yeah, we have to go back and, and figure this out.
1: And there's also another place that you can look up. Now, we live in California, so we have the Legal California Advanced Health Care Directive, and the website for that will link to it online. Mm-hmm. And it is, even if you don't live in California, it is a starting point for you to think through these conversations, these ideas, these concepts for yourself, and to have that discussion with your family and your loved ones and your friends.
0: That one is at prepareforyourcare.org. And it asks questions like, at the end of life, which of these things would be... Be very hard on your quality of life. Check as many as you want. And, you know, one is being in a coma and not able to wake up or talk to with my friends or family. Well, that would be hard. A lot of people would agree. But then as you roll down the list, not being able to feed, bathe, or take care of myself. Maybe you're okay with that. Not being able to live on my own, such as in a nursing home. Maybe you are or aren't okay with that. Having uh, constant pain. That might be something that, well, if I can live, if I can live a normal life, if I can have my cognitive ability, you might be okay with some pain. So that walks you through that as well. Prepareforyourcare.org. And the other one I mentioned. Um, you know, discussing the kind of medical treatment that I, I want or don't want, how comfortable I want to be. That is agingwithdignity.org, uh, or you can call eight 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 five 5wishes. Um, it will help your family a lot if you work this stuff out in advance. I'll just say that. We're all doing fine. My family is doing fine. Uh, we're, you know, uh, this was a shock, of course, out of nowhere. Uh, But we're doing okay. Um, But it was difficult at times to figure out which directions to move. And so if you can make it clear to your loved ones while you still can, it'll sure make for a happier family thereafter. All right. Lessons from my father. We're going to take a quick break and begin diving back into this hellish world of politics with guess who? The one and only. Nicole Sandler. She's with us next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Howdy, Welcome back to the broadcast and to reality Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with you here. All right, well, as I noted in the uh, in the previous segment, Desi and I have been uh, gone from the public airwaves for the past month or so. You're welcome. But uh, also, we've been out of the news cycle as I had to deal with the sudden illness and then the death of my father and all that goes with that sort of thing. Uh, When I got the call that dad took ill suddenly, this was on the night of September 11, believe it or not. uh, It was about 10 p.m. at night and we were just finishing that day's work, as I recall, Desi, it was a Green News report. We were getting ready for the next day. Yep. And uh, so we were putting together the next day's show, and we had to figure out what the hell to do. And then suddenly I get this call uh, from my mom. And because it was Wednesday night, we had two more shows that week, and I had no clue how long Dad may might be you know, out fighting for his life in the hospital, et cetera. So Mom said, you better get out here. In Phoenix, which is about seven hours away from where we are here in uh, Los Angeles. So at about 1030 p.m. my time here on the West Coast, I texted my friend, my colleague, and perhaps even my sister from another mister, for all I know, the great Nicole Sandler. And I said something like in the text, hey, are, are you awake? Now I have no idea what she thought I was texting for in the middle of the night with a question like that about 1:30 a.m. her time, and she said, uh, "Yep." And I said because she always is awake, and I said, "Can I call you?" And she said, "Yep," and I did. I explained the situation. The mom thought I better drive out to Phoenix where dad was in the ICU on a ventilator about seven hours away. And Nicole said, don't worry about it. I'll handle your show tomorrow and on Friday and then we'll figure it all out thereafter. Well, she agreed to do that in the middle of the night in uh, Florida time, which freed us up to focus on the nightmarish task at hand, uh, you know, getting to my father, helping him and my mother and as he would fight for his life for two weeks before ultimately passing away and leading to another trip, that that one to Missouri for a funeral and to help my mom figure out her new reality before the slow roll back here to Los Angeles and today's confusing return to the airwaves. Confusing, at least for me. Now, uh, people think that Desi and I, uh, some people anyway, that we have a large staff. I get letters from listeners, oh, I hope your staff at, Bradcast will look into XYZ. Well, by and large, it is just us. It is just me and Desi. Desi does most of the heavy lifting, (laughs) but still, you know, so anyway, it's just the two of us. And that is not easy to do this kind of a show with this, you know, just two of us at any time, much less in the Trump era where it's next to impossible. Well, it's got to be even more difficult for Nicole Sandler, because she does it all by herself. She has no Desi, to my knowledge. Does d- Desi, does she have a? Okay, no. So uh, for the past month, uh, sh- Nicole Sandler has been doing this show, the broadcast, and her own show pretty much every day for the past month. She's had a few days off, thanks to our friend Angie Coiro, but she has been doing the heavy lifting by doing not one, but two shows a day, her own, and the broadcast all by herself. So, just in case she needs an official introduction, she is the host of the of the Nicole Sandler show, which is heard Tuesday through Friday on our affiliate progressivevoices.com and of course live at nicolesandler.com. Formerly uh, she was heard across the airwaves out here in Los Angeles for many heady days back in the 80s and 90s, I think, uh, and then in the late days of Air America, but undoubtedly she is most well-known and beloved for her forced Surprised and unplanned for one month long stint here Mm -hmm. covering for Desi and me on the broadcast over the past month as I dealt with the passing of my father, Nicole Sandler. Uh, I guess welcome back to the broadcast.
2: Well, thank you. It's good to be here when I'm not sitting in your chair.
0: It's much easier on that end, isn't it? Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, we'll see how easy it is, Ms. Sandler. Uh, Listen, first, Mm. I, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Desi can't thank you oh enough. Oh my gosh. My yes. mother can't thank you enough. I suspect my father, if he was still with us, couldn't thank you enough for your sacrifice in allowing us to stand down for a month for a month during all of this, Nicole.
2: Well, I, you know, look, I wanted you to be able to focus on your mom, your dad while he was still alive, your family. I know what it's like. I've been there, I've lost both my parents. Mm. Um, and and so uh, you're my friend you're my dear friend mm. and I you know I would do anything for you guys
0: God love you I was uh, thinking on our way back uh, to LA that in the 15 and a half years or so that I've been um, blogging at dot and doing radio I have never been away for more than wow. I think a week maybe yeah at, that's at about best. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, much less a month. So I, I hope you don't mind uh, that I'm asking you one more favor, Nikki, to sort of hold my hand, get me back on the air today, as I suspect I'll have to wet my feet slowly uh, or maybe slime my feet slowly over time uh, this week <laughs> yeah. in order to get up to speed over the next few days. So uh, here, let me start here. I want I want you to help me. Because I know it was a slow news month, so this should be easy. Oh, yeah.
2: Nothing much happened at all. (laughs) That's what I'm
0: thinking. So, uh, now, are you an Avengers fan by any chance? No. All right. Uh, The Avengers movies, I don't want to give too much away, but a key storyline involved a bunch of major characters who sort of die, and then uh, about five years later, they're brought back to life. And and to the world, five years it happened, but to them it all happened in an instant, so they don't know what Mm -hmm. they missed. They call that the blip. Well, that
2: sounds like my uh, soap opera. It happens all the time in soap operas. Does it? All right. Well, it also happens in
0: the Avengers movie. Gotcha. But it made me think I had a blip about four weeks long where I missed everything. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just starting to get back up to speed. And I'm, I'm, as I said, presuming it was a slow news month. So let me, if you don't mind, Nicole, I want to go back to my trip across the desert on Mm -hmm. September 11th trying to get to phoenix in time we were listening as Mm -hmm. we drove to rachel maddow's podcast that night and as i recall the big news was that vice president mike pence had stayed at donald trump's resort on one side of ireland (laughs) and from a meeting that he had on the other side of the island and that some air force members were staying at his at trump's scottish golf club that was about a month ago. I presume that has been the major story for the past month. Is that right?
2: No, um, no. no. I forgot. I, I completely forgot that happened. Really? Even though yeah. I have a personal connection to that, because, you know, the, the the other part of the story was there was this little airport yeah. in, I think, um, uh, uh, Gat, Glasgow or somewhere, yeah. Prestwick Airport. I've been there. Oh, really? I actually... Yes, I went to <laughs> Saudi Arabia, uh-huh. believe it or not, back in 92 on the, I think it was 92, on the verge of the first desert, I, I forget what they called it, the, the uh, poppy bush, his uh, incursion into Kuwait, if you remember that De- whole thing. Desert
0: Storm, we, or was it the other desert thing? Well, I think thing? it was
2: before Desert yeah, Storm. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, I have I have it written up somewhere. Right. But I went with I was at the time working with Mark and Brian at KLOS in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we um, we did a broadcast over Christmas with the troops, like right before they launched the attacks. Oh wow! So we we stopped for fueling at Prestwick Airport. It was the middle of the night. We didn't know if we were going to be able to go in, do the broadcast in Saudi Arabia because yeah. they heard about us and weren't sure that it was going to work out. So while we were on the ground at Prestwick, we were waiting to find out if we were going to be allowed to do the show. Anyway, that's my one degree of separation from that whole story. And the story went away because nobody remembers anything about it because... (laughs) You you might not remember this. Yeah. 2 days before September 11th. Yeah. That's when well we it wasn't in the news yet. This that's you're talking about the this inte- September
0: the, the recent September 11th.
2: This, se- this this recent September 11th on okay. September 9th. Right. The intelligence community's inspector general, Michael Atkinson, who testified in a deposition last week, mm-hmm. notified Adam Schiff, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, of an urgent concern that acting director of national intelligence had overruled that was the first in, in the first inkling we'd heard of this whistleblower report
0: what what whistleblower report <laughs> you mean there the whistleblower there's report. been a whistleblower yes. that has come out since well, the you okay see, a
2: week later <laughs> yeah. on September 18th when you were in the thick of all this yeah. the washington post reported that a whistleblower complaint involved a communication between Donald Trump and a foreign leader and a, quote, promise made. Oh, my that God. That was the news we heard on the 18th. So that was a week after you left.
0: Well, well, that sounds bad. Did anything ever come of that?
2: Yeah. Well, the next day, yeah. on the 19th, yeah. the Washington Post and the New York Times both reported that the whistleblower's concern was in regard to Ukraine. Then, yeah. a few days later, on September 22nd, Donald Trump acknowledged that he discussed Joe Biden in a phone call made in July with Ukrainian President Volodymyr
0: Zelensky. Well, they were good friends Remember with that yeah Zelensky. were good friends with them because, as I recall, Congress had allocated something like four hundred million dollars to the Ukrainians to help defend them against the incursions on their eastern border from Russia. Uh, because uh, Ukraine had uh, U.S. and Ukraine have been allies in that uh, battle, that concern uh, on the eastern border with with Russia. Four hundred million dollars was set to go to them. So, uh, was that part of that by any chance?
2: Well, yes, in a sense it was. You see what happened was that money was allocated long before this July 25th phone call. Right. What we what we then found out is that for some reason that aid, that money was held up. So on the 24th of September, yeah, Nancy Pelosi we, at this point, all we knew was there was a whistleblower complaint out there, and it involved a phone call between Donald Trump and the Ukrainian President Zelensky in which he made some sort of promise. Well, on September 24th, Nancy Pelosi finally came out and said, you know what? This is enough is enough. I'm announcing a a formal impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump.
0: Now, Nancy Pelosi has had countless opportunities to 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 begin formal impeachment efforts against Donald Trump. But she hasn't. But you're saying this one, this is the one that has kicked uh, this impeachment talk I've heard of of late since I've uh, come back to L.A. That's what it's about. It's all about Ukraine.
2: So that was on September 24th. Right. So the next day. The White House releases its, what they're calling a transcript of yeah. the phone call between Trump and Zelensky. Donald Trump over and over and over and over and over and over again referred to it as perfect. It was a perfect call, he said. Right. Um, it, I don't know what he thinks is perfect because there was a line in the call. Actually, you know what? I've got the... I believe I've got it right here. Well, you don't I've have to look the... it
0: up because actually I did read that transcript. And this did is where he, Yeah, as it turns out, I did. I had some downtime during all of this and I actually did read that transcript and see that he was basically saying that, well, if you do us a favor and look into uh, dirt into Joe Biden and his son and into the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. then maybe, just maybe, we'll sell you the the missiles you want and we'll give you that $400 million in aid that Congress has allocated. Is that what this is all about? Exactly,
2: and it really comes down to like six words, because Zelensky says, quote, we are ready to continue to cooperate for the next steps. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. Javelins are are anti-tank weapons Mm -hmm. that they need against the Russians. The next words out of Donald Trump's mouth are, I would like you to do us a favor, though. Right. Those words are what uh, uh, you know many are pointing to yep. as the quid pro quo that Donald Trump keeps insisting there isn't any of. And so the next couple of days after this, yeah, the 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 whistleblower report was finally declassified and released. That yeah. happened on the twenty sixth, right? And then by the twenty seventh, uh, more than half of the. Um, uh the number required in the house to pass uh, uh to open an impeachment inquiry happened they right. they they passed the 218 member number that was on the 27th
0: and ever since then i have been able to uh to get caught up a little bit and to understand that well they pushed out Uh, Marie Yovanovitch, the ambassador to the Ukraine, Trump had all of his 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 career, uh, I'm sorry, his political uh, appointees sweep in and sort of start strong arming some of the folks in Ukraine And uh, giving them what they needed. And uh, now uh, Rudy Giuliani was in this thing from the beginning. And now his two buddies have been, uh, uh, well, arrested, I guess, for having uh, uh, paid off essentially using uh, uh, straw donors to pay off hundreds of thousands of dollars to the uh, to the Republican National Committee and get favors from the president and all of this. And. So, yeah, I have heard that there has been some news over the past few weeks that still keeps going to this day. I think the former Russian adviser to Donald Trump, Fiona Hill, is testifying on Monday, as I understand it, behind closed doors to three different House committees. Uh, we don't, Do we yet know what Fiona Hill is testifying to uh, in, in this uh, conversation with the, with the House?
2: Well, I mean, she was Trump's top aide on Russia. And apparently she's got a lot of stuff. Now, she uh, was fired also. She was relieved of her mm-hmm. duties. A- and I think, look, it's these two women. It's it's um, Yovanovitch, mm-hmm. who testified on Friday, and uh, Hill, who's testifying Monday. Um, you know, so many people have mentioned, but it, it, it merits repeating, that of all the people that Donald Trump you know they're trying to shut down uh, mm-hmm. you, because they said no we're 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 not cooperating at all nobody who works for whoever worked for me whoever worked at the white house whoever looked at me you know sideways uh, can cooperate can testify well yovanovich on friday said screw that i'm going and now today monday yep. um, fiona the, hill the former aid for uh, Russia is yeah. testifying. As I have not heard anything from her yet. On Friday, after a, an hour or two of Yovanovitch's testimony, word was leaking out of her opening statement, which she released to the press. I don't think uh, this this uh, this witness has released anything. I've heard nothing in the... Uh, uh, reports.
0: Although I heard that Matt Gates, the uh, Republican apologist for Don- Donald Trump in uh, Congress, one of many, uh, was actually thrown out of the hearing because he's not on either of the three <laughs> committees. that I, I think oh it's a God. foreign service, uh, intelligence, and, and oversight. Uh, he's not right. on any of those committees. So he was not allowed to stay in the room and Adam Schiff had to have him thrown out and he didn't want to go. So there was some of that happened. So I'm not even sure at oh this point as we go to air how much she has actually testified to, but okay, that. I've got a lot. The, uh, it, as it turns out, I did take some notes. There was quite a bit mm-hmm. that did happen over this past month, after all. And uh, we're gonna try to, you know, jump back into as much of it as we can in the days ahead. And I want to ask you about Turkey and some other crazy things. But Nicole Sandler, the um, why is this of all the things? Why do you think, from the guests that you've talked to and and as you've been uh, covering this and reading about this over the past month? Why is this the thing that has uh, kicked Nancy Nancy Pelosi into gear to say, yes, we are going to begin an impeachment inquiry? I mean, you know, I would think, you know, paying off porn stars in a massive campaign finance violation and then covering it up with more payoffs in the White House would certainly be enough to impeach anyone, I guess anyone if they were a Democrat, but even anyone if they were a Republican.
1: And remember, there was yeah. also obstruction of justice, clear as day, mm-hmm. right out in front. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, that
0: Robert Mueller thing we've yeah, heard about. Oh, James Yeah, that called firing
2: him and shutting that whole thing down. So
0: why this, uh, Nicole? Why is uh, Nancy, I, well, why? what do you think?
2: I th- Here's what I think. I think because this unfolded in the public eye. We heard... First we get the you know, the the cryptic thing. There's some uh whistleblower mm-hmm. report out there. Then we find out it has to do with this phone call. Then Trump releases the not fully transcript, but but the readout with partial mm-hmm. transcript, we'll put it that way. Right. Of the phone call that is incredibly damning. It's right there in black and white yep. and it's from he had, he released it. Now he's trying to gaslight America, saying it was a perfect call. There was nothing wrong with it. It was perfect. It wasn't perfect. It shows a clear quid pro quo. The president telling a foreign leader, yeah, that you know military aid you want, yeah, it's coming, but uh, first we need you to do us a favor, though. Uh, mm-hmm. It's right there. There's no denying it, and it's highly illegal. And right now what we're seeing is – there are some intrepid journalists out there who are going around Capitol Hill asking two questions of Republicans and so far they're refusing to answer. And the question basically is, is it okay for a sitting president to um to hold up military aid to another country? In return for uh, digging up dirt on a political adversary, Mm -hmm. they won't answer. And the other question is, is it okay to solicit or accept funds for a campaign, a presidential campaign from a foreign entity? Mm -hmm. They refuse to answer because they know there's only one answer and it it, it incriminates the president.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for all of the... It's sort of uh, two things have occurred to me throughout all of this. One was Nancy Pelosi uh, saying sort of falling, taking the bait uh, months ago. Oh, Donald Trump wants to be impeached. Therefore, we shouldn't impeach him. That was nonsense from the jump. He does not want to be impeached. He's terrified of being impeached. And I think we're seeing that now. And then the other sort of myth that I think is perhaps beginning to reveal itself is that there has been this conventional wisdom that, uh, well, it doesn't matter if they impeach him. Uh, no one the, the, the Senate will never vote uh, to remove him from office. Now, that could mm-hmm. ultimately end up being true. But I think it's pretty presumptuous to 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 make that uh, assumption in the first place because the evidence isn't out there. The uh, polls, which are already turning uh, very quickly against Donald Trump, even that Fox News poll, 51% wanted him not oh, just yeah. impeached but also removed. Um, you know, and we've got an election coming up, and a lot of these uh, senators are going to have to face the people in their states. I think. It has always been uh, uh, wrong to think that, you know, moving forward with uh, uh, impeachment would somehow hurt the Dems and help the Democrats uh, would hurt the Dems and help the Republicans and help Donald Trump and somehow be futile. I think all of that is best guesses from people who have been wrong time and time again on just about everything. And so instead, let us. Embrace the constitution, let us do what the constitution asks of us and then find out where the hell this all goes. Am I cra- am I a crazy radical for having that notion, Nicole Sandler? No,
2: you're thinking like the majority of Americans right now. And as far as, you know, is this going to hurt the Democrats, who cares it's not this is not about politics this is about the constitution this is about our system of you know three co-equal branches of government and our system of checks and balances and the fact that congress is tasked in the constitution with oversight of the executive branch and 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 what we're seeing now is this administration trying to to coin a phrase shut that whole thing down yeah um This is, it's the, the moral and legal and constitutional necessity it's, it's the duty of Congress to do this. If they don't do it, then they're derelict in their responsibilities yep. and they should, well, they can't be impeached even though Trump is calling for their impeachment.
1: Right. Well, that's because he's an idiot, but you know, yes, also, right. if there is no accountability, if we are not morally compelled to investigate mm-hmm. this as a country and the House Democrats do not feel that they must do this, then as I think you've also said before, impeachment means nothing. There is no reason exactly. to even have it in the Constitution because it means nothing. If this president can get away with this level of criminal activity, then any president can get well, away it also,
0: with also it. yeah, it also means you can't you will never be able to impeach another president because right. I God only I can only imagine what it would be that would be worse than this guy has already done. What you're doing is saying everything he has done up till now is not impeachable, is not criminal, and any other president uh, forever, who chooses to do any of these things to, you know, pay off people to to become president one way or another because he had affairs with them. To invite mm-hmm.
1: foreign entities to interfere in our elections, to launder yes. foreign campaign money, which is illegal.
0: You're saying all of that is perfectly OK unless you at least try to remove this guy. Uh,
2: exactly. And, and you know what else it's saying? Yeah, it's it's justifying this. Or when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal.
0: Yeah. That's... When the
2: president does it, that means it is not illegal. That's Donald Trump's clarion call. Yeah. That's what that's what he wants people to believe. He talks about, he's going on and on, that like Article 2 of the Constitution gives him unlimited powers. He is lying to the American people about everything. Article 2 is shows that the president's powers are actually quite limited. You but know, he doesn't care. Facts don't matter to him.
0: No, he doesn't. And, but that's a theory. What you played was was Richard Nixon and uh, saying yep. that same thing. Donald Trump has that same theory. I guess we're going yep. to test it. I guess there's a lot of things we're going to test. I sure as hell would like to test that Office of Legal Counsel opinion uh, yep. that says a, a president can't be indicted because that sounds yep. ridiculous to me. That's not in the Constitution. And I've been calling on the House Judiciary Committee now for months to hold hearings on that notion alone but Nicole Sandler let me let me do this Uh, I knew there was a lot to get to in a a single uh, segment with you just you know just filling us in on a month's worth of stuff in about 20 minutes Uh, (laughs) let me uh, take a quick break here come back and we'll fly through uh, a few other things that I want to ask you about very quickly we'll have to do it quickly Uh, but there's a number of things I wanted to ask you about oh and also by the way uh, I I heard one of your shows where you had mentioned that on that transcript on that phone call that it was about Uh 11 minutes worth of dialogue over a 30 minute and you you feel there's a lot that's been held back you might be right but as I understand it was also going through translators each time they spoke. There is that and I heard
2: that part of it too which I believe but there are also ellipses in there. There are interesting places. If you look over the transcript, you'll see incomplete sentences followed by three dots, which usually means that there are some words missing there.
0: That's all the good stuff. We'll get to those dots. Mm -hmm. All right. Stand by, Nicole Sandler. I'm Brad Friedman with Desi Doyen. We're back in L.A. Quick break. And we're back with more on the broadcast. Don't go away. (laughs) Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you.
1: For good times and bad times, I'll be-
0: You know what friends are for when you get in trouble and you got to get out of Dodge for a month because your dad's uh, sick and ultimately dying in the hospital. But you have a daily radio show to do and no idea how to cover it. Friends like Nicole Sandler may just come in and do your show as well as her own for an entire month. And, Nicole, I heard you say at one point on the air, that's what friends are for. So once again, Hmm. thank you. Uh, Oh, you're welcome. Can I I just
2: say one other thing? Because I'm yeah. afraid that it might have been misconstrued. When yeah. I posted on, on the last show that yeah. I did for you, Kiss This Thing Goodbye yeah. and 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 use that song as a bumper coming back in, it was actually the news had just broken that Shepard Smith left Fox. Yes. And yes. that's really what it was in reference to. And I just didn't want it to be misconstrued that, you know, I would have done it for as long as you needed me to do it.
0: Really? Well, now you tell me because I could really use a week <laughs> off after all of this. I, was. I didn't
2: say happily. I just said <laughs> I, I would. And, I see. And needed. Well, needed was the key word there.
0: Uh, no, I know. And I was actually going to ask you because I did hear uh, your your previous show, the the kiss this thing goodbye show, where you said you were guest hosting broadcast for one last time, and I just wanted to make sure. That wasn't really the last time ever, <laughs> no, ever I, you're going to host a break. Yeah, I,
2: I, I think I said for now anyway. Okay. Until they actually go on like a proper vacation or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> vacation? Oh, be, What's that? What? <laughs> I've heard right. of that. I wish I knew. All I right. know. I
0: know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we're talking with Nicole Sandler, who's uh, helping me get back up to speed now that I am back. Let me uh, fly through a bunch of things in our in our closing few minutes here, uh, Nicole, with you. This. you. Um, What's going on? I don't even have time to get into the story. We will, I'm sure, in the coming days. But the uh, Kurdish forces now are allying with Syria. Um, Kurdish forces who had been allied with the U.S. in the fight against ISIS, they are now um, going in with Syria, which is backed by Russia and Iran. Everything has changed up in uh, in uh, in northern Syria now that Donald Trump has told the Kurds we are pulling out, we are leaving. He's pulling everyone out of there. ISIS prisoners are reportedly escaping. Uh, Hundreds of ISIS uh, women and children who had been detained—they have uh, burned down one of the camps, and it's it's apparently it is chaos as we're leaving our Kurdish allies who have lost eleven thousand. Uh, troops, men and yeah. women, by the way, a lot of female Kurdish fighters. Oh, um, yeah. We are just uh, throwing them away and we're getting out. Is that something that even Republicans, I know, are really ticked off about? Is that any how is that going to have an effect on these impeachment hearings? Is that something that is going to make Republicans realize, yeah, we do need to get rid of this guy. He is a menace to our allies, to our country and to the world.
2: Well, so far, none of them are saying he needs to go because of this. But for the first time ever, we're seeing cracks in that Republican uh, 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 firewall, Mm -hmm. in which none of them would criticize him. Just uh, on Monday, Adam Kinzinger, who Mm -hmm. I believe is from Illinois, tweeted something like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? Critical of Donald Trump, aimed at Donald Trump. Um, Lindsey Graham has been the most outspoken critic on this. I mean, how can he not be? Obviously, Donald Trump spoke with Erdogan, mm-hmm. and the very next day or or within hours, mm-hmm. s- tweeted out, "We're going to pull our troops out of there and, you know, the the Kurds are on their own basically. Excuse me, these people are our only allies in that part of the world. They're the only reason ISIS was defeated at least momentarily because now it looks like ISIS will will reinvigorate itself and reform. Um, the Kurds really right now they're they're the lands they've taken that they've been living on that basically are their homelands mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Turks are coming in and are obliterating it. they they this is going to be a genocide if if nobody helps them and we're not helping them, in fact, uh, Espy, the the Secretary of Defense, said we're we're pulling all the troops out of northeastern Syria and and they're on their own. Donald Trump made some asinine remark the other day. Well, the Turks and the Kurds are natural enemies, and, and I want to show him like a, a an episode of of the Animal Kingdom or something. That's where you find natural enemies. This is nonsense. This is horrible. We're well, hearing he- reports of. People being dragged out of their cars and and raped and stoned to death. And it's just, it's absolutely horrific now what's going he on does I mean, he does say
0: we need to end these endless wars uh yeah, we and, do. and he did run on that notion of you know pretending that he was against endless wars and and progressives like you and 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 me nicole of course we are against these endless wars in the middle east as well if we so with that in mind how do you square this idea well he's getting us out of this endless war what's wrong um, with that
2: because we, uh, we depend on allies in the world. The Kurds have fought for us valiantly by our side. Many of them wear American flags on their uniforms. These people have depended on the United States to protect them. Now, remember, they were doing all the heavy lifting there. Mm-hmm. We weren't. We had, 11, we had a, a, what, 1,000 troops there? Mm-hmm. They lost 11,000 people yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, we lost a, something in the neighborhood of a dozen in that Six, same, in those same skirmishes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so that's part of it. He's not pulling us out of wars. The day after he announces we're moving everyone out of out of um, uh, northeastern Syria, so the Turks can come in and have their way with the Kurds, he announces we're sending two thousand more troops to Saudi Arabia. Why? Because they're paying us, which I don't believe for a second. But I guess that now makes us a mercenary country, and Are, we have a we have an army for hire.
0: Yeah, apparently we do. And remember what the al-Qaeda uh, gave as the re- as their reasons for 9/11 way back when, the original 9/11 attack? It was because of US troops were in Saudi oh, Arabia. Of course. Yeah. That's right And now we're So now
2: it's okay to send more troops to Saudi yeah. Arabia. Excuse me. Have we authorized that? And allegedly it was because of an attack on a Saudi Arabian oil field. There's no proof of that, and I, I'm sorry that um, the AUMF that, that they're still using from what 2001 to wage war in the Middle East says nothing about Saudi Arabia. That's funny even though the you know that's where the hijackers were from yeah. they're not included in this there's no authorization to have to send troops there
0: All of these stories whether it's the uh, Ukraine story uh involving mm-hmm. the impeachment and this notion that oh it wasn't Russia who manipulated elections in 2016 it was actually Ukraine
1: That's crazy notion <laughs> that Trump has been yep. trying to promote to yep. deflect attention yep.
0: which I'm pretty sure that happened in one of those off the record meetings that we don't get to see between uh, Trump and Putin where putin said listen oh, donald yeah. i will tell you what it is it wasn't russia it was the ukrainians who did this right here's of what course. you need to look in that helps them the uh, syria what's going on with syria helps them because they're allied with uh, syria uh the, the uh, starting a war in the middle east between uh, saudi arabia and iran that helps russia and i am not one of these russia hawks uh like mm-hmm. so many of the the democrats out there but if you look right. at item after item after item all of these things benefit Russia. Make of that what you will.
2: Trump appears to be They're, working down Putin's wish list.
0: Yeah. One right. item at no, a time. No, you're
2: right. You know, there's one other thing that you that may have passed you by, and excuse me if you already heard it, but I think this is really important. What we learned, the the notes from that phone call with Zelensky on July 25th, mm-hmm. As soon as it ended, they knew the the, the State Department people, the people who intelligence officials who were on the call knew that there was a big problem there because there was quid pro quo in there. He was saying, oh, yeah, you'll get your military aid, but first we need a favor." Um, they were so freaked out by that that they immediately locked those notes down in yep. this very secure, password protected place, what's supposed to only have, you know, matters of mm-hmm. intense national security. Well. We have since learned mm-hmm. that at that oval office meeting where um, Kislyak and and Lavrov were, mm-hmm. you know, where only a, a Russian photographer was allowed, we had Americans had no photographers or no records on that very early well, in the it,
0: administration, yeah.
2: Very right. Well, and and where he where Trump allegedly gave away some Israeli military mm-hmm. secrets to the Russians, yep. we we've now learned that during that meeting Trump told Kislyak and, and Lavrov don't worry about the interference in the election. Just, just don't worry about it. It's not yeah. a thing. And um, those notes were also locked in that secure, password-protected yep. server. The, the conversations
0: yep. with Russia and the conversations with Saudi Arabia and the conversations uh-huh. with uh, Ukraine and maybe more, yep. as far as we know. But we, we do understand all of those three have been locked away. Um, That's right. Okay. Uh, very quickly here, the. Um, you know, as crazy as your your last day was covering for me, Nicole Sandler, because uh, I, I heard that show and the breaking news that kept coming and coming and coming throughout <laughs> yeah. your show. God love you for keeping up, even uh, keeping up with all of that as best you could. I think it happened right after you got off air. Kevin McAleenan, Trump's, I yep. think, fourth Depart- acting
2: Homeland Security.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, I think he was pushed out or he jumped ship yep. after just six months. Um, That's right. And then. We have heard over the weekend that Congressman Trey Gowdy, former South Carolina congressman who uh, was going to be supposedly representing Donald Trump in this impeachment effort as a sort of a defense attorney, that he will not actually be doing that after all, which is something that I thought when I heard it right away, I was like, uh, he was no friend of Trump, really. Uh, are you sure about that? Turns out, no, the media was not sure about that. And similarly, we got a bit of news on Friday that the um, that, you know, Trump again, the White House said, oh, we're, we're just about to complete this deal with China. And so the stock market soared for a bit. And now it turns yep. out uh, we learned today and We should have seen it coming that. Oh, maybe that deal is not going to be a deal after all. (laughs) What does it take for the media to figure out that you don't report stuff as facts when your only source is coming from the goddamn White House?
2: Right, exactly. He lies about everything. When the minute I heard that it's a framework for a deal, but it's not really a deal. It's like, then why are you saying anything about it? Why is the media reporting on this? So he could manipulate the stock market because it had been in free fall for the two days before that. So he got it go to go up again.
0: And I didn't even get to ask you about uh, the 2020 Democrats. Uh, We've got another debate coming up this week. Your boy Mm -hmm. uh, Bernie Sanders uh, may be in trouble, had a heart attack uh, over the last week or so. Has there been any uh, particular shakeup that I need to know about in the uh, Democratic 2020 lineup over the past month, Nicole Sandler?
2: No, because honestly, they've been sort of um, uh, page B2 or something. It, it, honestly, they've been pushed out of the spotlight. The, the news was Bernie suffered a heart attack. Obviously, it was a mild heart attack because he was up on his feet again two days later having two stents inserted. But by the way, you said my guy, Bernie. He is I, – I have two choices, and I'm actually one who – I love Bernie Sanders. I think he's great. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason this country has moved in a leftward manner is because of Bernie Sanders' efforts. That said, I also like Elizabeth Warren. Um, I think she's, and I hate the word electable, but for shorthand purposes, she's probably more electable than he is at this point. And I I understand the need for compromise in a situation like this. The number one priority has to be getting rid of Donald Trump. I think we'd be well served with Elizabeth Warren as president.
0: Well, I hope the Bernie bros on Twitter are going to be okay with that comment. Yeah, no, the Bernie bros,
2: oh, oh, according to them, I'm a neo neo neo-lib. I'm a Hillary (laughs) Clinton supporter. Oh, you should see how I was attacked last week because I called them out on their attacks of Elizabeth Warren saying, stop it, you're you're doing burnt, you know, um, scorched earth stuff here, and don't annihilate the only other decent candidate in the race, my opinion.
0: Please make up for the uh, followers that Nicole Sandler has lost. Long time Bernie Sanders supporter Nicole Sandler lost uh, because the uh, other Bernie uh, Sanders supporters are mad at her. Please make up for it by following her on the Twitters at (laughs) NicoleSandler.com. You can listen to her show Tuesdays through Fridays at NicoleSandler.com. I note she doesn't do a show on Monday, so she may just be... That may
2: change soon. Maybe. uh, Well, well, it may may change change
0: because <laughs> uh, I think you'd be a fine Monday guest for us on the broadcast every week, as long as you're free. Oh, really? Just saying, Nicole. <laughs> All right, we got to get we got to get out. But I cannot, once again, cannot thank you enough for saving us, saving our bacon, saving the broadcast over the past month. Uh, hopefully, uh, listeners and uh, our affiliate stations were, were fine with you there. I heard a lot of good notes for, got, from, oh, good. A, heard from a lot of people that they loved you. They wanted us back soon, but they were really happy uh, to hear you uh, and occasionally Angie Corro over the past month. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank oh, you, good. and thank you, Nicole.
2: Yes, thank My you. My pleasure, and it's good to know that I have a free place to stay in L.A. when I come out and visit now. Oh, you betcha.
0: Oh no! You you, <laughs> you can't stay here.
2: Oh no! no. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. All right, we'll see about that. We'll see. All okay. right, never heard of her. Right. Nicole Sandler. Thanks, All you guys. Right.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. Talk to you later.
2: Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay, first day back uh, after a month off, and I'm already running late. So (laughs) isn't that just like me? Got to get out. Uh, My thanks, of course, to Nicole Sandler, to our producer, Desi Doyen, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's greatly appreciated, as is your support of uh, NicoleSandler.com over the past month and in the future. Thanks to you guys for hanging in there, stations and listeners alike, over the past month. We are back. You can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Blog, And that is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I hope. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.